This week's episode of Proper English is brought to you by the seaside and the idiom a drop in the ocean. Hello, I'm Alison. And I'm Dave. And we'd like to welcome you to our podcast, which is called Proper English. English. If you're learning English and you want to know the correct word to use in a particular situation, if you get stuck thinking of the right preposition, if you're puzzled by definite and indefinite articles, then proper English is just the thing for you. To be beside the seaside, oh, I do like to be beside the sea. Okay, so we're not actually at the seaside, but it is summertime, and the British love to go to the beach. So we thought, why not make an episode all about British seaside towns and holidays? As I think I've mentioned before, I spent much of my childhood and adolescence in Cornwall. Mm. That's the county which forms the southwest peninsula of England. Sadly for me, we lived about as far from the coast as you can get in Cornwall. Right in the middle. I know, but we did spend many happy days at the beach nonetheless, and would even visit in the winter for a walk. Oh yeah, and I grew up in Sheffield, which is also quite a distance from the coast. <laughs> in UK terms, of course, <laughs> my Russian students have a slightly different concept of distance, I think. <laughs> we mostly went to the east coast to places like Scarborough and Whitby, Mablethorpe and Skegness. The beaches around the UK vary in size. Northumberland has vast ones. Cornwall has a variety of long, wide beaches and lovely hidden coves. I think we're going to be pretty English-centric here, Dave. Yeah, Sim it's likely. Yeah, simply because of where we holidayed as kids. But if you're looking for a trip to the seaside, then you really are spoilt for choice in the UK. It's true. Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland have fantastic coastlines full of beauty and touristy things to see and do. Oh, that reminds me, Ali. Mm -hmm. Our students often use touristic as an adjective to describe somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now, this is perfect English. A bit too perfect? Well, yeah, because a native English speaker would be very unlikely to use this word. Not touristic. We use touristy instead. It's not as sophisticated, but it's what we say, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the touristy stuff then. All right. Firstly, the amusement arcade. Oh, one of my favourites. Yep. Highly commercial. Oh, yeah. Often slightly scruffy, seedy places. Yeah. And yet, even my sister and I were allowed to go in them from time to time. I guess it kept us quiet. For the adults, there are gambling machines, one-armed bandits or fruit machines, and bingo. Mm. Oh, me grandma used to love bingo, and she always won. Always. <laughs> now, most games are a form of gambling. There are penny shuffles, automated roulette machines, even model horse racing games. I loved all of those games when I was a kid. The delight of winning a payout all in two pence pieces. <laughs> And then there were the arcade games, Space Invader type games, shooting games. Tetris. Oh yeah, down in Brighton. Yeah. Driving games. And my own personal favourite, pinball. pinball. 
Oh, I've spent many an hour and a fair few quid on pinball games. Whatever the size of town or fishing village you're visiting, you're pretty much guaranteed to find an amusement arcade, and most likely several arcades even in the smallest towns. Oh yeah, they're situated as close to the beach as they can get. Salubrious. Mm. Yeah. Now, we talked about fish and chips in an earlier episode, and it's so true, we do love to eat fish and chips at the seaside. Oh, we do. But another food treat you can buy at the beach is rock. Oh, yeah. Me little stick of Blackpool rock. <laughs> Not had a stick of rock in a long time. Rock is awesome. It's basically sugar. It's sugar. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's made of granulated sugar. Sugar. And glucose syrup. Which is sugar. And formed into a stick. Of sugar. <laughs> they add various flavours, but the original and best is peppermint. Mm. And if you've never seen a stick of rock, you should definitely do a search on the internet. Oh yeah, watch a video of it being made. It's awesome. Because just for extra interest and somewhat mind-bogglingly, the name of the resort it's sold in is written right through the middle of it. So Blackpool or Brighton or Bournemouth or other resorts beginning with B. <laughs> and other letters are available. <laughs> it is really difficult to describe, so Dave's very kindly found a picture and put it on our Instagram page for you to see. Uh, yeah, it's on there. Yeah, yeah, And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. This week's idiom is, in fact, four idioms. Yup, I couldn't resist making the idiom seaside-themed, and then I couldn't pick a favourite, so we've got four fairly straightforward ones today that you can try to use in your speech or your writing. Start us off, Dave. Okay, so, a drop in the ocean is pretty logical if you break it down, a drop of water is tiny, and an ocean is huge. So we say something is a drop in the ocean when we want to indicate its insignificance. For example, I gave £20 to the disaster fund, but it's a drop in the ocean compared to what they need. The next one has a criminal undertone. It always intrigues me how much our language owes to criminality. The coast is clear. The coast is clear describes a situation where we don't expect to get caught. We're not necessarily referring to the seaside per se when we use the word coast. So maybe its origins lie in smuggling. Mm, good point. I imagine robbers leaving the bank would check first to see if the coast is clear before making their getaway. Mm. What about those of us who aren't criminals? <laughs> well, when we're in the car at a busy junction, you might tell me that the coast is clear and I'd, uh -huh. I'd know there's no traffic coming in your direction. All oh, right, OK. Yeah, yeah. And so, our third idiom is to stem the tide. Now here we're using stem as a verb, uh, and to stem is to stop the movement of water, to sort of put a dam in a river, that mm. sort of thing. Mm. But we use the idiom when we're talking about preventing or trying to prevent a bad situation from getting worse. It's quite an emotive idiom. And it's often used in quite a negative context. For example, the police have been unable to stem the rising tide of crime. Oh that my, sort of thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and finally, any port in a storm, which means a source of relief or escape in adverse circumstances. Oh. If you think about sailors in a severe storm, they'd be prepared to stop in any port just to reach safety. 
it's often used to be a bit insulting and with a bit of humour to describe a last resort. Eee, I know you've been single for a long time, love, but I can't believe you're going out with him. Any port in a storm, dear? <laughs> oh, dear. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. We hope you've had fun listening in on our silly conversation. Please tell everyone you know about us. Your friends, your family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And don't forget to like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us. On Podbean. Or Apple Podcasts. Or your favourite podcast app, so you never miss an episode. Or you can email us at properenglish. Or one word. At sapo.pt. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts. And of course, you can join us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, where we frequently answer questions you have about English grammar. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. Band plays tiddly om pom pom. <laughs> <laughs>